it Everest or Everest? Were Norgay and Hillary really the first two to summit? Do you call it Sagarmatha, Chomalongma, or Everest? I am your host, Pauline Reynolds-Nuttle of the All About Everest podcast since 2021. Join me weekly for all things Mount Everest, including updates, features, interviews, trivia, and so much more. It doesn't matter if you are an adventurer or an armchair mountaineer. There's something here for everyone as long as you love the mountain. everybody and welcome to today's episode of the All About Everest podcast and today's episode is about the books and documentaries that are coming out in 2024 as well as the beginning of the spring 2024 Everest season. I'm going to try to keep this episode short. I had some serious oral surgery this week that it is really hard for me to talk. I know that that is a bit of a shocker because anyone who knows me and you guys listen to me all the time, I could talk all day long and never stop. And sometimes that does happen. So I'm just going to try to keep this as short as possible. A couple of things that I wanted to talk about before I got to the rest of the episode. The first one is that I want you guys to know that I read all of your comments. I read all of your reviews. I read all of your emails. I reply to most of them. And I take the positive and the negative feedback and I put it back into my episodes. So one of the things that I wanted to mention was that someone had left me a review saying that they felt I didn't research my episodes. And that is absolutely false. I spend hours and days researching an episode before I record it and before I post my episodes. I own probably every single book about Mount Everest that possibly exists and is in print. I have read almost every single article. I'm sure I've missed one here and there. And I've watched every documentary, uh, every movie, anything that has to do with Mount Everest, including other podcast episodes, I've listened to hours and hours and years of research. However, I am not Ellen Arnett and I am not Angela Benavides. Sorry if I butchered your last name, hon. I am not a reporter. I am just a person who is interested in Mount Everest, and I like to talk about it. It is a huge passion of mine. I try to get the facts and present them as well as I possibly can. And I did mention this in a previous episode, especially when it came to the 1996 Everest disaster. There's a lot of different perspectives and the facts, they're not always that factual. Um, You can have 20 people on Mount Everest. They'll all give you a completely different story. There are people that won't go on record. There is personal opinion. I do the best that I can, but I will tell you, I have researched this for years and years. And sometimes I can't put all of the facts together. I kind of have to pick and choose what material I use because I could talk 
hours about certain topics. And so I try to keep them as simple and short as possible. And the facts that I'm going to, and anytime there needs to be a correction, let me know. I do make mistakes. It does happen. And talking about corrections, um, one of my listeners let me know that in my list of books for the 1996 Everest disaster, I missed one. High Exposure by David Brashears. It is also a really good one. Uh, High Exposure, an enduring passion for Everest and unforgiving places. And it does talk about the 1996 Everest disaster. I'm human and that is what it is. As an outdoorsy person, I am always looking to up my outdoor game. I have two favorite products that I've discovered in the last couple of years, and they are kind of my go-to. The first one is the Nomadic Outdoor Subscription Box. It starts at $29.99, and they have monthly and quarterly plans. I have discovered cool outdoor brands by getting this box and brands that I would never have purchased on my own, including introductions to gear that I didn't even know existed. It's a great way to get new affordable gear and discover new brands as well. Check out thenomadic.com. That's thenomadic with a K.com. My other favorite product is through mymedic.com. I used to have a hard time finding the perfect first aid kit for home, the great outdoors, the car, and my short-term rental. But with mymedic, I have found the perfect first aid kit for each of my needs and endeavors. My favorite go-to is the My Medic Hiker Medic Kit that we use for camping, backpacking, hiking, and off-roading. You can also restock the stuff that you've used through My Medic as well. Both links are affiliate links and I may earn a small commission from them if you click on the links that are included in the show description. I did go ahead and update the 1996 Everest disaster book list on my primary blog, mamabearoutdoors.com. So you can find the updated list. The link will be in the show notes. Speaking of books, um, I'm doing 52 books in 52 weeks. And the book that I chose for this week is Fearless on Everest, The Quest for Sandy Irvine. So when George Mallory attempted to summit Mount Everest in 1924, he climbed with Andrew Sandy Irvine. This year marks a hundred years since that fatal attempt. It was June of 1924, and both of them perished on the mountain. They climbed from the Tibetan side, and it's unknown if they summited or not, even though it's highly unlikely that they did. Even though there's a weird suspicion out there and a conspiracy theory that the Chinese actually found Sandy Irvine's body and they have the camera that he supposedly had on him and they have hidden all of the evidence so that they could supposedly claim to be the first ones to the top of Mount Everest. I don't really believe that theory. Um, there are those who do. And I don't know if we ever will, unless we really do discover Sandy Irvine's body and the camera. 
but the book about his life is it's one of my favorite books about Mount Everest. Um, and I'm rereading it mainly because it's been a hundred years since his death and also uh, 25 years since George Mallory's body was discovered in May of 1999 by Conrad Inker and his crew. So that's the book that I chose to read this week for my 52 week book challenge. I should have a link to that list of 52 mountaineering books in 52 weeks, hopefully done by the end of the week because a lot of research goes into those blog posts. There's a lot of work that go into them, getting all the titles and the links and all of that together. So that should be done by the end of the week. A new adventure that I've started and it will be done by mid-February is that I have put together a store that is all about mountaineering and it will have cups, mugs, shirts, all sorts of stuff just for those like me who love the sport of mountaineering, love following those that can do it, or a lot of you are mountaineers and you follow the podcast. I appreciate it. Um, merchandise will only be available in the U.S. as of right now, though I am hopefully by the end of the year, it will be available in other countries as well, including Canada, UK, Australia, and New Zealand, just because those are the top countries where I have my listeners from. So be on the lookout for that. A shout out to my mom, because again, this is how I connect with her. Um, she has dementia. And so this, I know she listens every single week and she loves it. She doesn't remember that it's me who does the podcast, but this is my shout out, shout out to her and my love letter to her as well. Next week's episode, and I always mention this towards the beginning of each episode and then at the end, is basically going to be mainly about uh, some of the more prominent dead bodies on Mount Everest. But I do want to talk a little bit more about George Mallory and Sandy Irvine because, again, a hundred years since they perished on the mountain. There is not a lot going on when it comes to documentaries and books, as far as I know, for 2024. I do know that the Everest movie with Ewan McGregor and that really hot guy, Sam, I cannot remember his last name, from Highlander, it was postponed. And I was hoping that, you know, it, it would come out, that it would come to fruition. And as of right now, it is not. That is definitely a movie that I would see because Sam and Ewan McGregor are, they're hotties and they're very, very good actors. So for this year so far, I have one book. I've mentioned it before. It's called Everest Inc. by Will Cockrell. It's coming out in April. You can already pre-order it on Amazon and it is about the commercialization of Mount Everest. And the commercialization, it started in the late 80s and then 
around 2012-2013 when a lot of the local companies were able to start doing expeditions it kind of exploded i haven't read the book yet um and i i did talk to will a little bit about coming onto the podcast and talking about his book and so hopefully we'll have him on sometime towards the end of march there are two documentaries coming out this year. The Quest Everest is coming out in April. Uh, we had Alex on the podcast last year um, with his documentary, The Quest Nepal. We weren't sure, he wasn't sure exactly when The Quest Everest was going to come out. It will be coming out in April. Um, hopefully we'll have him back on the podcast the next documentary that is coming out, Lakpa Sherpa, amazing woman. And she has, she holds the world record for the most Everest summits for any female. Netflix optioned her documentary, Mountain Queen. I don't really have a release date yet for that, but I do know it is supposed to come out on Netflix sometime this year. So I'm excited about that. I do know of at least two more documentaries and two more books that are possibly coming out this year, but because there's not a firm release date, I will keep that to myself for now. It was like the Quest Everest. It was supposed to come out last year. We talked to Alex about it and instead it's coming out in 2024. The spring 2024 season is right around the corner, like right there. The ice doctors usually head out to Mount Everest. The last two weeks, give or take, of March and we're already in the first week of February. The first episode of the year, I kind of talked about this a little bit. I'm going to go into more detail and then it will just be whatever information that I get every week. I will just do a little blurby and summary at the beginning of my regular episodes. As I mentioned, 2024 marks 100 years since George Mallory and Sandy Irvine attempted Mount Everest and perished on the mountain. Nobody knows if they died on the way up or on the way down or how they died. And there's been so much speculation. Plus, it's been 25 years since George Mallory's body was discovered. 2024 hopefully will be a lot different than 2023. In 2023, 18 people died on Mount Everest during the spring climbing season. Many of those deaths are believed to have been preventable and many of the climbers, expedition companies, and people in the mountaineering community they're starting to be a little bit more open about the expedition companies taking responsibility. I know this is not one of the more popular opinions. 
I have shared it before. There are others out there, big names in the mountaineering industry that agree with me that when it comes to the deaths on Mount Everest, even though those climbers know that they could possibly die on the mountain, ultimately it is the operators and the guides that are responsible for their climbers safety. And it seemed that in recent years, people weren't as open to talk about what went wrong, um, who was climbing with which company when they died. But it seems that in the last two years, especially last year, people have been extremely open about it. It is also one of the biggest questions, and I mentioned this in a previous episode, what to look for in a guiding company for Mount Everest. You should always ask how many fatalities they have had, not their success rate. It You should really focus on how many fatalities. Last year, there were companies that had more than one member die or become distressed and needed to be rescued. This year will definitely be crowded since 2013, where locals have been able to operate their own expedition companies. There's been more competition on the mountain. It's not just Western companies anymore. It's locals and Westerners. And the locals, they do charge a rate that is a lot less than most of the Western mountaineering companies charge. And so because of it, yes, there are a lot more people on the mountain say last year than there probably would have been 20 years ago. That being said, crowding isn't necessarily a problem because there's so many different components when it comes to climbing Mount Everest and what factors contribute to a successful summit or not. Uh, last year, we did have those 18 deaths. Um, hopefully, those expedition companies have learned from their mistakes and will do everything that they can to prevent deaths this year. One of the biggest things that is different from 2023 to 2024 is that there will be expeditions from the Tibetan side. This is the first time since 2019 that both sides of the mountain have been open. And so it will be interesting to see how it affects the climbing on the Nepali side or if it will even have any effect at all. But because there's so many different expedition companies, including local and Westerners from both sides of the mountain, we don't really know what to expect. When it comes to pricing, it is relatively the same, even though next year there's supposed to be a huge increase on the Tibetan side. I can't remember the exact figure. Uh, you can still climb Mount Everest for less than $50,000. 
if you pick one of the local expedition companies. But again, it's anywhere between 30000 on the low end to 130000 sometimes even 200000 on the higher end. And because Alan does it so well, you can check it out on his website. He does a really great uh, breakdown of all of the pricing and why it is the way that it is. Do expect 2024 to have a lot of people climbing from all over the world. And it's going to be interesting to see. 2023, there were 668 summits with 18 deaths. Comparatively, you when you have these seasons that have high death rates, usually there's something that caused it. And, you know, there have been a lot of tragedies on Mount Everest. A lot of it comes down to weather avalanches. Uh, 2014, there was the Serac that fell and the Kumbu ice fell that caused 16 deaths. So there weren't a lot of summits that year. I think there was 134 total. Um, 2015, there were absolutely no summits at all. And that was because of the avalanche at EBC. So what happens when you have these horrible tragedies and mass casualties, what will happen is that the following year there will be even more summits. And a lot of it is because people who would have maybe summited that year, they had to postpone their trip. So I think that's what we should be expecting this year when it comes to summits. I think this year will definitely be a record year if it follows the trend. The causes of death last year were eight from acute mountain illness, three from a fall, three, they have no idea how they died because they're still listed as missing, disappeared, three that fell or that died in the Kumbu Icefall when a Surat collapsed uh, from the Sherpa community and one passed away from an illness that was not altitude related. I find it interesting that people are talking more and more about which companies have had the most fatalities in general in the last 10 years. And I think that that conversation should absolutely continue. One of the things that I want to mention is that even though some of these deaths could most likely be prevented, including those that there were, there were climbers that were abandoned last year. Let's call it out on what it is. They were bound, they were abandoned Oh, gosh, I don't know why I can't say that word. Probably because I can't open my jaw away. But last year, there were several clients that were just left. They were abandoned by their guides on the mountain. And several of them were like from the same mountaineering company. 
who also needed assistance in saving some of their other climbers because even though last year had the most climbing deaths ever on Mount Everest, it was also a record year for the amount of people that had to be rescued, like double what it was in previous years. And after talking to so many people, the main reasons that I've heard are that they didn't acclimatize properly and because of the record cold temperatures. And I can tell you, record cold temperatures, negative 40. We had that a couple of weeks ago uh, in mid-January. And I can totally understand, especially after you've been climbing and you're exhausted and you don't have a lot of oxygen, I could see how you could easily get injured. I have a daughter, for whatever reason, every single year when it drops to those ungodly temperatures, she decides that she has to wear shorts to school. She drives a four-wheeler to the bus stop. And this year, I, I, oh my gosh, the frost nip she had last year, I think that she was within minutes of having frostbite. And so, yes, that extreme cold, I think it didn't help. That's one of the reasons why so many people had frostbite this last year and were in distress. Um, I do agree that possibly a lot of people did not acclimatize properly. It seems that a lot of people are trying to take shortcuts. There is a reason why you trek to base camp. Um, there is a reason why you do your rotations. Obviously, there's people who don't do it, and I think that they're playing Russian roulette when they do. And then another reason, and I cannot prove if this is true or not, though I have heard it from several people, that there were many people who had COVID last year, and they chose to not abandon their um, expeditions or their summit attempts, and they climbed anyway. I don't know how much that last one is true or not. I've only been told and there's nothing that has proven that at all. When we get closer to the beginning of this season, I know I will have more details of who is trying to get records this year. That's something that has become more and more popular in the last couple of years and may have been the cause of the deaths this last year on K2 was this record bagging, if you will, and these races to getting these records that really, they don't really mean anything, honestly, other than bragging rights. Uh, to summarize everything that I've talked about, 2024 is probably going to be a record summit year, um, mainly because of conditions from last year that prohibited people from summiting, like all of the illness and injuries and the extremely cold weather. And also because both sides of the mountain are open this year. 
So stay tuned and next week we will be talking about George Mallory, Sandy Irvine, and about some of the more notable deaths and bodies on Mount Everest. Until next time, climb your own climb and have a great week. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the All About Everest podcast. Please support this podcast by following, rating, commenting, and sharing. I appreciate your feedback, and you can find me on social media at Mama Bear Outdoors or at All About Everest podcast. Thank you for following and listening since 2022.